Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. My name is Katie and I am your host and we are back. We took June and July off to rest, recuperate, spend some time with our family and now we are coming in hot with a brand new episode. I'm so pumped about this one. Pretty sure you're going to love it. All the things you never knew about your period. Yes, we are talking about it. I learned a ton in this episode. I trust you will learn some stuff too. And since this is a brand new season, I want to make sure we are doing a giveaway. The entire month of August, if you take a screenshot of this episode or any episode that you like, it can be from the archives coming up or just the podcast in general. Hey, friends. I like this podcast and I think you'll like it too. That's all you have to do. Of course, feel free to put it in your own words. We just want to share the podcast love, but make sure you tag me at Katie Bulmer Life so I know that you did. And I want to give you a free notebook and tote bag. We just got some truth for your 20s swag, brand new, just dropped in the store. And I want to send it to you as a thank you for sharing this podcast and helping it to grow. And grow it has, holy moly, even though we haven't aired any new episodes in the past two months, I've got so many messages from you guys for discovering the podcast for the very first time. And I'm so glad you're here. Listeners who have been here a while and brand new, I'm so glad we are coming in hot with some great episodes. I'm so excited. Without further ado, let's get into the first episode of the new season, What You Never Knew About Your Period. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Hey friends, I am especially, especially excited about this episode. I am talking with my new friend, Barian Berry, but you can just call her Barry because how cute is that? And she is a menstrual health practitioner and I heard her on the Jenna Kutcher podcast and it blew my mind. I've been stalking you, my sister, listening to your podcast. And I feel like I've grown up my whole life not knowing a quarter of the information about my period that you are providing. And it's so important. And I'm so excited to bring this conversation to everyone. So hello, introduce yourself, my friend. Well, hello there. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I feel like there's so much we don't know about our menstrual cycles. And I always tell people, yes, I'm a menstrual health practitioner. I'm an educator. But really, just think of me as your period-loving BFF. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about working with your monthly cycle rather than against it. So yeah, thanks for having me. I love this. And I think that it I just want to maybe like start with, well, first of all, how you got into this. Why don't we start there? Because I mean, lots of women have periods, but you became kind of an expert on it. So tell me how that kind of navigated for you. Yeah. So this, let's just be real. I in no way, shape or form thought I was going to grow up and talk about periods. That was like the (laughs) 
furthest thing from what I had planned. However, what I personally noticed after graduating from university is I had this passion to really help serve people in a different way. And the way that I was working in corporate America just wasn't doing that. So I got certified as a integrative health practitioner, functional nutritionist, and personal trainer. And I don't know, you know, they always say, find your niche, find your thing. And I was interviewing someone for my podcast and on the podcast, she was like, yeah, period pain isn't normal. And I was like, excuse me, what? Like, ma'am, you're not just going to say that. And that was January of 2019. And here we are a few years later. And this is what I do. I just wanted to solve my own problem. But then I noticed this gap in the wellness space where no one was really talking about menstrual health. And if they were talking about it, it was either one of two things. It was either extremely biology and science-based, which I absolutely love, or it was often the ethers more so connected to the moon. And I was like, I'm not in full alignment with either of those. I want to bring some synergy and a different approach and talk to young women like me who are in their like, you know, mid to late 20s, early 20s even and bring a different perspective, something that people can actually work with, give you biology but also practicality. So that's kind of how I got into the space. I love everything about this. And I I really resonate with that because as I've kind of tried to learn a little bit about this on my own, you're right. It's either one extreme or the other. Like it feels like this medical, I can understand 50% of it genre (laughs) or this like become one with the universe and the moon. And I'm like, okay, like how hoo-ha or, you know, medical, but you're like really good balance of all of these conversations. And I think that that's really, as you said, your niche, but also your gift. So kudos to you on that, my friend. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's always fun. Okay. And I want to talk about, you said menstrual health and that really stood out to me. And I know that's something that you've kind of, you know, had your expertise around. And for me, I think that the idea of a period, it was like, not necessarily something wrong with you, but like shameful and let's hide it. And I think about even, you know, centuries past, have you heard of the red tent society, that book, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yes. So just to let everyone know, uh, in biblical days, like women were thought to be unclean when they were bleeding. And so they would like go to this tent and hang out with each other, which is, it ended up being kind of a sisterhood, which is kind of cool. But that unclean mentality to this beautiful gift that your body does every month to prepare you for what it's created to do. I, I just, I guess maybe like walk us through kind of framing the mindset of the health around our period. Yeah, of course. I mean, so one of the things I'm passionate about is women's health and women's rights. And I am very much so one of those people who will kind of take the charge and say, I know you guys think this way, but this is the truth anyhow. Like regardless of what you think in these preconceived notions, these narratives and these stories, I respect them. But also let's flip the script because ultimately, you know, I feel like that's my gift, like you said, right? So When it comes to menstrual cycles specifically, we are taught that you're supposed to be in pain and it's this conditioning that happens at such an early age. And the moment that I found out that I didn't have to be in pain and I didn't just have to accept this like discomfort was the moment that I said, let's heal this. Let's shift that, right? So if you think back to when you were maybe in like fifth or sixth grade and they're talking to you about puberty, I remember watching this horrible VHS video. Like I remember them rolling out a vintage TV because it's vintage at this point, but I remember them rolling out 
putting in this VHS tape and this girl was like, I think I'm starting my period. And then her friends looked at her and were like, oh, great. And it was just this awful feeling straight off the bat. And it's like, why do we have to feel that? Why do we have to accept that? And a lot of people will place blame in all these different places. But I say, actually, you know, we can change that rather than say like, this is the problem. I like to present a solution. So I always encourage people to just understand the body. And, you know, if you want, we can actually go into the phases of the menstrual cycle because I think that will help people understand the power that lies within our bodies without us even acknowledging it. Yes, absolutely. And that was one of my next questions too, because I think that a lot of times we think the period is just the days that you're bleeding, but there's so much more to it. So yes, bring it on. I'm here for it. All right. Awesome. So I always tell people we're going to talk about biology. It's going to be a little bit um, science-y, but I promise to bring it back home down to earth where we all speak the same language. So the first phase of your menstrual cycle is menstruation. So this is when you are on your period. Generally, this is going to be days one through seven of your cycle, and you will notice that your energy levels are a bit on the lower side, which I totally understand, respect, and I say and encourage people to just honor that. Allow yourself to bleed and be and just sit with whatever you are feeling because as we are physically releasing, we also need to do that emotionally because that's something we don't talk about a lot. That's something that we don't lean into enough. So once you're done with your period, we then go into the second phase of your cycle called the follicular phase. So this is post-period but pre-ovulation This is when our hormone levels are rising, estrogen is on the rise. So we're starting to feel like ourselves again. And really, we're starting to look and want to serve the external world. So I say during this time, if you want to go out on a coffee date, you do just that. You know, if you want to go out for some green juice, do that. Whatever it is you want to do, as you notice your energy is increasing, again, we want to honor that days eight through roughly 13 or 14, depending on when you ovulate. The third phase of the cycle, which is actually the main event of the menstrual cycle altogether, is ovulation. This is a time in which, you know, the egg is released from the ovaries. This is when we are fertile. And this is honestly what our anatomy was designed to do is create a potential life, right? So that is ovulation. During this time, there is a massive surge in your energy because of an increase in certain hormones like estrogen, testosterone, and the luteinizing hormone. And then just after ovulation, which technically only lasts about 24 hours, but you feel the effects of it for, I would argue, a good six or seven days, um, is something called our luteal phase. Now, most of us know this phase as PMS, but I like to say it's personal mystery solved because as (laughs) soon as we get into this phase, we're like, oh, that's why I'm feeling a little sassier. That's why, you know, I'm a little bit more irritable. But the cool thing about this phase is it is a time for us to slow down and kind of turn within again. Because, you know, for two weeks, we essentially focus on that external world and serving other people. And then there's two weeks out of the month where we should focus on our internal world and serving like, you know, whatever is placed on our hearts or whatever we personally need, you know. So, During that PMS phase, there's actually a decrease in something called estrogen, which is also why you notice a change in your mood. Um, Research shows that when estrogen decreases, there's a decrease in the serotonin. So maybe you deal with like imposter syndrome or, you know, feeling less than amazing, but there's an uptake in another hormone called progesterone. Now, progesterone has a really cool job where it will support a potentially viable pregnancy, and it's also known for increasing our oxytocin 
levels, which oxytocin is our cuddle hormone. So, you know, you could always tell where someone's hormone levels are based off of how they behave during that phase specifically. But again, this is a time where I tell people if you're feeling lower energy, just scale it back. Remind yourself to relax because you're now going to be preparing for the next phase or your next cycle altogether menstruation. So that is a high level overview. And I know we just ran through a lot, but if we need to unpack it, we totally can. I, you're, this is amazing. I feel, I feel like you just rocked so many people's worlds in the best way. Well, one thing I want you to unpack a little bit more, and I can't remember if I heard this from you or not, but a lot of our world is based on a 24 hour day, right? Like in the Mm -hmm. morning you're productive. Like this is what we're taught anyway. Like, and you should do this and you should do that. And I'm sure there's truth to that, but I have heard it said that in women, particularly we are more like a 28 day cycle. And so you said that, you know, two weeks were kind of out serving you know, outside of us and being servant, but then it's like those other two weeks serving ourselves because you can't pour from an empty cup. So I guess just talk about that a little more, you know, how, how our 28 day cycle encompasses so many things, but we just need to kind of tune into it a little bit more. Yeah. So basically everything I do is about flow. I say flow is a state of mind. It's something that our body naturally does and it's a way that we can live our life if we so choose. And the really cool thing about a woman's body, especially, you know, having a 28 day cycle and not everybody's cycle is going to be 28 days. It can fluctuate a little bit and that's totally fine, but it really teaches us how to tune in. Now the rhythm is called an infradian rhythm. So everyone's probably heard of the circadian rhythm. This is our sleep cycle um, and it's every 24 hours. But as cyclical beings, as women, right, as menstruators, we literally operate off of a 28-day cycle. So our male counterparts, they reset hormonally every 24 hours. So that's why, like, let's say, for instance, you have an argument with like your husband, your partner, whatever, he can go to bed and wake up the next day and be okay because it's out of his system. Whereas for us, we actually might still feel really upset for an extended amount of time. And that's because it actually takes us longer to process through those feelings and emotions. So we live in this very linear world in which, you know, get up, be productive, go hard, because I I don't like to say it's because it's such a masculine world, but that's, you know, kind of how our work has been structured. Whereas when we're cyclical as we are as women, we don't have to get up and go hard every single day and deal with that same thing because our bodies don't do it. It's literally like you're on your period, you have low energy. You then have high energy for two weeks and then you go right back down to having low energy for essentially two weeks. So I I don't know if that answers your question, yeah. um, but that's a little bit about the infradian rhythm. This is so fascinating. Well, then maybe just unpacking that a little bit more, say in a perfect world, like, I mean, I work from home, I set my schedule, and I know a lot of people listening are the same, or perhaps they're in college, and at least can kind of work around uh, their flow. And, you know, Mm -hmm. just learning this is half the battle, right? But maybe just unpacking, like, perhaps in the ovulation stage, you're more likely to be best at, I don't know, being outgoing in your little phase, this this is what's your best. So does that make sense? I love that you talk about that. Absolutely. So this is my favorite thing to talk about. I feel like this is what people know me to talk about the most, but it doesn't matter if you are a female entrepreneur, you are a working professional, if you are a student, or if you are like a family manager. That's what I say for all my like stay at home moms, my like uh, homemakers. These four phases, if you have a period, if you have a menstrual cycle, if you're kind of getting into that, um, 
perimenopausal stage. So this is, you know, this is for our 20 year olds, but like, as you get older in life, this doesn't work as much, but I like to throw that out to people. Um, these four phases apply. So the first phase of your cycle menstruation, I say it's ideation. That's because there's 25% uh, percent more connectivity between the right and left hemispheres of your brain. So this is a perfect time for vision casting, brainstorming, and goal setting, like really big picture thinking, right? Habakkuk two and two, write the vision, make it plain. That's what we're doing during this phase. Then we have the second phase of our cycle, our follicular phase. And this is a time where we are doing creation and strategic planning related things. So now we're taking the vision from this more like larger than life concept and getting really, really micro with the details of how we would like to see this vision come to life. You know, especially if you're a woman of faith and you pray a lot, this is a great time to say, Lord, what do I need to do? Or what are you calling me to do during these moments? And how should I show up? How should I serve? During your third phase of your cycle, ovulation, this is our execution and communication time. This is really one of my favorite phases because we get to bring the vision to life and do all of the things. So whether that's launching, communicating, negotiating, teaching, whatever it is, you want to do it during this phase and truly take advantage of it because of two things. One, you want to be doing it during this time. Most people do, at least. If you are kind of in that average hormonal space, you generally feel good during ovulation. But number two, your body with an increase in estrogen and testosterone truly supports you. So I'm like, if you want that 15-hour workday, you go do that, Glen Coco. Like, you be amazing. <laughs> and then during that fourth and final phase of your cycle, during that luteal, aka PMS phase, this is a time for evaluation and reflection. So kind of saying, okay, this is what the goal was, and this is how close I am to achieving this goal or attaining this um or acquiring whatever it is. I like to look at anything dealing with analytics and numbers during this phase. And that's because what I've noticed, especially with me personally, in my personal life, I'm really good at pointing out problems during this phase. But I don't like to just like stir the pot. You know, I want to create solutions. So instead of looking at problems maybe in my personal life, I would look at them in my professional life and say, okay, there's a hole in this client onboarding process here. And this is how I can fill it. And this is how I can change it. Or this is how I can alter it. So, you know, that's how to really optimize your flow and really make your menstrual cycle work for you rather than against you. This is beautiful. I actually just listened to one of your recent podcasts. I know you've talked about this when it relates to hormonal birth control. And I, you have a lot to mm -hmm. say about that and have a course and walk us through all the things. I know there's a lot. Of, and like, how does that affect all the stuff you just talked about? The, I just, I want to know all the things. Yeah. So before I even get into this, let me just say, I'm a very direct person, especially when it comes to just speaking truth. Uh, I say that's my gift is to speak truth. Um, but I want to say this. If you're somebody on hormonal birth control, that is entirely up to you. Yes, it is ultimately your body and your choice. However, there's a lot of information that has not been disclosed to people. People, um, openly at least about hormonal birth control. So, you know, I, I want you to listen to this with an open heart, take what you need, leave what you don't, and just know, like, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I just want to speak truth to you. So um, hormonal birth control is a really interesting thing because we are very familiar with the benefits of it. But a lot of people fail to read the side effects of hormonal birth control. And one of the largest things that people don't realize is even if you are on hormonal birth control, 
it doesn't actually solve whatever symptom you have. So say for instance, you're on hormonal birth control because you have hormonal acne. It's not actually fixing your hormonal acne. It's keeping it at bay. But the moment you switch off or transition off of hormonal birth control, it will come back with a vengeance. And the reason that is, is because hormonal birth control is essentially a band-aid. When you're on hormonal birth control, you're not having a real period. You're having something called a withdrawal bleed. And essentially, the reason you're bleeding is because there's too many synthetic hormones in the body. So it does not matter if you are on the pill, if you are on the patch, you've got the ring, whatever it is, the shot, the implant, there's so many different things out there. It's preventing your brain from actually communicating with your ovaries because your menstrual cycle starts in your actual brain. If you are not able to communicate or if the communication between your brain and your ovaries is not happening, then you're not actually menstruating. It's just how it is. Now, a lot of people say like, oh, hey, that's no problem. Mm, I would say arguably there is a problem because menstruation, right, is the body's detoxification system. It's how the body actually gets rid of something that's no longer serving it. And I know that kind of seems a little bit on the, uh, what's the word I want to use, brash side, if you will, but that's really the truth of it. So hormonal birth control is a tool. Um, There's a lot of pros and cons, and I'm trying to be as politically correct as possible because I don't want people to feel bad uh, being on hormonal birth control, but I do want you to know that it is a solution, not the only solution, and there's a lot more um, better solutions or natural solutions, alternatives, in my opinion, that are going to benefit people more. Are you in a sorority or interested in joining one? I want to tell you about Greek InterVarsity. It is a national Christian ministry for fraternity and sorority students. Greek IV truly believes that you can be Greek and be a Christian, and they want to show you how. Greek InterVarsity offers leadership training, conferences, retreats, and they even have a podcast, the Greek and Christian Podcast, all of which help you thrive in your faith and Greek life. This month in August, Greek InterVarsity is offering a special promotion where the first 100 people who subscribe to the Greek InterVarsity will receive a free copy of a little book your homegirl Katie wrote called Sorority Girls Can Change the World. So all you have to do is go to greekiv.org. Fill out the contact form to get your free copy of my book today. Legit, I wish this existed when I was in college. Greek IV is doing amazing things. I've had the opportunity to meet some people behind the scenes. They are so Jesus-focused and cool and relatable and fun and make sure you make the most of your college experience. Greek IV is where faith and Greek life intersect. So go check it out, greekiv.org. I'm combining all my top advice, everything I hear most often when I have mentoring calls, and putting it in one easy-to-digest course. It's called From Heartbreak to Happily Ever After, and it is available now. I taught a similar style course back in January. I got your feedback, I learned some, and I put this together in four different modules, walking you literally from a heartbreak to a healthy relationship. We're going to talk about healing from hurt, loving your single life, chemistry, infatuation, and have a shame-free discussion on sex. And then 17 things I've learned in 17 years of marriage. I put a lot of research into each module and I pray this content will help change your dating life for the so much better. 
If you've never been through a heartbreak, it still applies. You can just skip the first one and go ahead to the dating and loving your single life. If you are in a relationship, this also applies to you because it helps you find a healthy relationship. Evaluate where you are, where you want to go, and how to get there. Find all the information on my website or on Instagram. That's at Katie Bulmer Life. And Truth For Your 20s listeners get to save 10% at checkout. Well, you alluded to this earlier, listening to your body is everything, right? And I honestly don't think that I even came to this until later in life. And that relates to nutrition and and sleep and everything. And I used to get headaches all the time. And I started realizing, oh, well, if I cut back on sugar and don't get overheated and sleep good, guess what? I can't remember the last time I had a migraine, you know? And so that's just one example. But when it comes to perhaps if people want to not choose hormone birth control, you talk about natural planning. What does that look like and how can someone even start to learn that? Yeah. So it's called the fertility awareness method. But before I get into that, I want to say something. In order to heal your body, you have to start trusting your body. So a lot of people think that they're fixing any of their problems with hormonal birth control. But again, it's a band-aid. It's not like this full healing process. And I'm a big fan, as you know, of something called the fertility awareness method. And this is simply being aware of when you are fertile throughout the month and when you are not fertile throughout the month. Now, I'm going to give a very simple as possible explanation of this, but essentially it's taking a look at your actual body and understanding it, being very literate in in your body. So throughout your menstrual cycle, um, one, your cervix placement changes. You also have something called cervical mucus. And then there's also your basal body temperature. These are three biomarkers that we look at. And there's several ways to practice fertility awareness, I should add. But I personally like to be like super thorough. And so I track three biomarkers. That's what I teach my students and clients. And essentially, we're just figuring out your body and understanding kind of its natural rhythm. So As I said before, ovulation is really the main event of the menstrual cycle. And the closer you get to ovulation, the more interesting things will get with your body. So I always tell people, check your panties. And it's, you know, not the most tasteful thing, but it's always, always gets people to like pay attention. So we are checking for cervical mucus and cervical mucus is how we will know if you're ovulating. And if you're trying to read it, and if you're like, girl, what is cervical mucus? Like, what are you talking about? Think about when you wake up in the morning and you go to tinkle. The first thing you see in your panties or when you go to wipe is something that kind of looks like... mucus. You know, there's no other way to say it. That is cervical mucus. And what you are actually looking for is the consistency and the color. So if it looks like runny or raw egg whites, this means you are fertile. Okay. If it doesn't look like that, then you're not fertile. Again, this is a very high level overview. So I highly recommend that you guys kind of do your own research after this podcast episode to understand it more. But, you know, if it does look like runny egg whites, then you're typically ovulating. The second thing you're going to do is check your cervix placement. Now, you're just going to take like your index finger, insert it into the vaginal canal, and you're going to feel around for something that's going to be soft, high, open, and wet. We call it show. And essentially, you're just trying to feel something that either feels like, if it if you're ovulating, it'll feel like your cupid's bow, so just like the top of your lip. And if you're not ovulating, it'll feel like the tip of your nose. Again, we just want to know whether or not you're fertile. And yes, I really do check this every single day. 
and so do my students, and that's just because we're fans of natural contraception. The last thing I encourage people to do is track their basal body temperature. And the reason you track your BBT is essentially to see if you have ovulated. Like it's just a way to confirm it. So, you know, as you get more familiar with your body and body literacy, you'll be able to know, okay, I'm approaching ovulation because my cervical mucus is starting to get a little bit more translucent and it's changing in consistency, or I'm further away from ovulation because I have no cervical mucus whatsoever and my cervix actually feels like the tip of my nose. So, you know, again, fertility awareness is just knowing when you're fertile throughout your menstrual cycle and not fertile and then getting more specific from there. Girl, I never knew any of this. (laughs) (laughs) This is why you have such a gift to the world because I'm willing to bet 90% of listeners had no idea about any of this either. This is so cool. So tell me, since you said, you know, there's so much more to unpack, you have two courses. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So technically one's like more of like a self-study, like meal plan program. And then the other one is an actual course, but um, yes, I do have two programs and, you know, I have so many programs, but the ones I want to talk to you about that I think people benefit the most from, one is called Nourish Your Flow, and it's a 28-day period nutrition program, and it essentially teaches you how to eat your way to a better period because my entire journey started because I had really, really painful periods, and I knew that food could help me change my cycle altogether, and that's what I really wanted. So that's one program, and it's extremely affordable. It's like, I think it's like $37. You have over 80 recipes. You learn how to combat cravings. You learn how to eat for your cycle and really nourish the body properly. And then my second course is called Optimize Your Flow. And this is where I teach people how to align all of their life, their business, everything with their menstrual cycle. Because, you know, as modern women, a lot of us deal with overwhelm, anxiety, and fatigue, right? Which is very unfortunate, but we've been given this amazing gift to use our menstrual cycle as a blueprint. So that course walks you through how to actually do um, just that, use your cycle as a blueprint. Oh my gosh. I love everything about this. So I want to talk a little bit more. I, I agree. I don't want to, would never tell anyone to, or not to do, you know, hormone or birth control. And there's so much to unpack there, but you also have a kind of support group, I guess you could say for women who have decided to come off birth control. Is that right? Yeah. So I have a program called Transition Your Flow. It's a group coaching program where I teach women how to transition off of hormonal birth control. Um, and the reason I designed it was because nobody told me that I didn't have to be on hormonal birth control, right? Like no one like said that that was an option. But when I learned so much about my body, I created a program, you know, for other people as well. Now in this program, you basically get access to a course where you learn all about hormonal birth control, but then you also get access to me as your live teacher, which I've noticed people really benefit from the most um, because you have me there walking you through it like every single step of the way where I'm like, hey, okay, this week we're learning all about hormonal birth control, all the different types. And I'm teaching you how progestin, which is a synthetic form of a hormone called progesterone, actually negatively impacts the body. And then I'm also teaching you how to not get pregnant essentially. And then I teach you, you know, how to avoid post-birth control syndrome. So 
It's an eight-week program. Um, It's not open for enrollment at this very moment, but I'm sure by the time this episode goes live, it might be open or there's a wait list. But it's definitely, I would say that is a passion project of mine. Even though it's not a project, it is a program. It's just, it's something I'm passionate about because I just wish more people knew that there were other ways to live your life and take care of your health aside from just what's always pushed by like the mainstream, you know? Yes. I wonder, I um, just have a question because I'm raising daughters and they had two girls, 11 and 13. So we're kind of like right at this stage. Right. And to me, my period was always, I don't know, like I remember crying, like I remember crying and begging my mom to not have to go to school the day I got it. And like, I thought it was a plague and you know, it was just like Mm. the worst thing ever. And uh, became a grown up, and I remember uh, when my our babies were little. I had a friend who complete opposite and a little bit more of the woo woo, right? But she was just super like, "Oh, your period is this beautiful thing," and teaching her toddlers about pads and how amazing your period is. And so I think that the, the what I want to communicate to our daughters, and of course we've already talked about it, but like just having a healthy view of it. So I'm curious if you had. 11 and 13 year old daughters, (laughs) like what I know, like what type of, you know, wording communication, what can we teach our young women about their periods? I think the first thing that we just need to teach to young men and young women alike is your body is sacred in the relationship you have with your body should be defined off of you and not necessarily everybody else. Um, One of the things that if I had daughters right now, I would make sure they knew through and through what you see on social media is not like, I don't like to say this because I use social media like as part of my business, but you know, it's not always real life. It's part of life, but what you see in terms of beauty standards and how people are living and different things isn't always the full story. So, you know, they have to define their own health and wellness standards. And so, you know, that's where I would start. And I actually have a 16-year-old niece and we're we're dealing with this right now. And I'm I mean, I remember when she was 11 and 12 and she would be like, "Aunt B, I don't like my period." And I'm like, "Well, what's going on in life?" And I started talking to her about, you know, things that you wouldn't necessarily think an 11 and 12 year old might be dealing with, such such as like stress, anxiety, peer pressure, all of those things. Because ultimately, when you are that age and maybe you're looking for acceptance from like other people, right? Validation from other people to be like cool or whatever it is, that's also impacting your relationship with your body and also impacting your hormones. And so, you know, an 11 year old might not understand full out hormone talk, but what they may understand is, hey, you can control this situation or hey, be calm and breathe. It's, it's maybe, Maybe this won't work because I don't have kids yet, but I always like to have a very open conversation, even when I'm teaching in schools. Well, when I had the opportunity before current situation, um, I would be approached a lot and say, like, how do you navigate this and how do you navigate that? And I always challenge the children to think for themselves. What do you want in life? What are your values? What are your beliefs? Regardless of what everybody else is thinking, what aligns with you? And I think that parents also have to think about that. You know, I was, 
I was raised, you know, my mom told me who my role model was and I decided I wanted to be like the Proverbs 31 woman. That's what I decided when I was like 10 years old. That's what I wanted to be like. So anything that wasn't aligned with that, I kind of strayed away from, but I was also very like strong-willed at an early age. So I think you have to understand where your child is and then think about the kind of relationship maybe you have with your body and then see how that, because they're always watching. So maybe that will get to them. But I, I think that attitude reflects leadership ultimately. So as the mom, how are you, you know, holding space for yourself during that time of the month? And then, you know, how are you explaining that to them? And maybe that was your question is, you know, like, how do I do this? But I think that, you know, having a conversation just like this is how you start doing it. Open communication around something that for whatever reason is so stigmatized and taboo is going to ultimately benefit people. Yeah, a hundred percent. I love that. I think that it, it is just open communication and understanding. And this has been a uh, cumbersome path for me, I guess you could say, but understanding like you said, that our body, this is all a gift. Our period is a gift and it, it means we're healthy and it means everything is working right. And it means ultimately, you know, if that is what you want to do, you can have a child. Like how crazy is it that you can grow another human? Like that's just amazing. Right. And I love that you reference like the Proverbs 31 woman and just kind of how with a creation mindset that like God made all of this on purpose and he gave women we sometimes think of it as like, oh, my period, oh, it's just the worst, but it's it's a gift and we get to <laughs> have this gift to be able to bear children one day. I just, I think it's a beautiful thing. And like you said, just modeling that to my kids and like, oh, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, hot dang, I got my period into a cartwheel in the living room or anything, but just having a more <laughs> positive mindset, I think is is kind of, especially where you can start at least to say. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of things that maybe you could do now, especially because I'm sure the girls, if they haven't had their period yet, they might be approaching that, you know? And so you can start practicing cycle syncing in your own life and show them like, Hey, mom's actually slowing down the day before her period. It's the first day of my period. Second day of my period. I'm slowing down because my body needs to physically release. And I also want to make sure that I'm taking a care of like my mental, emotional, and spiritual body as well. And I think that, again, because people are so observant, but especially at an early age are so impressionable, you can start those things and then kind of move through it as they get older. And I don't know, I'm excited. I hope I have daughters one day. Like, that'll be so cool because then I can, like, you know, feel what you're feeling, but also give them what I personally didn't have when I was younger. Like, nobody taught me about this until I was like 24. And I was like, hey, guys, I'm a. Um, I feel like I've been lied to my whole life. Like, right? I know. This is why you're blowing my mind so much. I feel like the, the only education you get in schools is like, here's a tampon. Good luck out there. You know? <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, and you're going to hate it too. And it's like, thanks. I think. I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's definitely an honor to be able to kind of flip the script on it all together. That's for sure. Yes. I am curious. I use. Oh, what's it called? An app for tracking. If you recommend Mm -hmm. an app for tracking your period. Yeah. So there's an app called Femometer, F-E-M-O, 
M-E-T-E-R. Um, that's the number one app that I recommend. And I always tell people, yes, buy the premium version. And the reason I say that is because the app, it's about it's a free app, but if you have the premium version, I think it's about a $50 investment, but you can learn so much from the app. So if this is your first time, you know, kind of learning about your cycle and different things like that, and you're really intrigued to learn more, grab that app. You can track your own symptoms. There's like additional education they'll put together, like two to four minute videos about different things, whether it's uh, combating PMS or foods for managing PMS. Um, I know they had things on there for like fertility versus infertility, all of those things. I think it's such a phenomenal resource and I'm not going to lie, I'm 100% biased. No, I'm not sponsored. I just really like this app. Um, And the other one I would recommend is if you have an iPhone, the Apple Health app is pretty helpful helpful for actually tracking your cycle. Um, It's not as in-depth as the other one I recommended. However, I think it's a good starting point maybe for like preteens. So yeah. We need to get you sponsored by a thermometer. That sounds amazing. (laughs) One day, one day it's in the, it'll be in the works, I'm sure. Hashtag goals. Um, (laughs) One more thing, since we are talking all about it anyways. I have in the past few years discovered the magic of a diva cup and I had no idea what this was until recently and it has changed my period life. I'm sure there's listeners who have never heard of it or think it's weird or whatever. Can you tell us about menstrual cups? Yes, I want to tell you about menstrual cups, but before I do that, I got to tell you about period panties, okay? Now, oh, yes, do it. Yes, period panties I never thought in a million years I would be using them, but I absolutely love them. And just because your girls are at the top of my mind, I think they're a phenomenal alternative to like a cup or a tampon or a pad for very young women who have periods. I just think that they make them feel really good. Like, first of all, you don't feel like you're wearing any other type of panty. Maybe if anything, you feel like you're in a bikini bottom um, as opposed to like your regular panty. And most of them are made with a specific type of technology that helps you not leak through at the end of the day. So period panties, highly recommend. Yes, they are worth the like $30 you might spend on a pair, 100%. Um, I have an Instagram story highlight where I do like an entire Q&A, but I love period panties, especially for preteens. I mean, I'm 27 and I like period panties for me, but it's just a convenience thing. And I love wearing them overnight as opposed to throughout the day, because like if you have to get up and go to the bathroom in the eve- like in the night, like it's like 3 a.m. I have to go to the bathroom. I don't want to be bothered taking my cup out personally. So I have my period panties. Um, I and actually then- just bought those for our oldest and um, I got me a pair too. And you're right. They are, they're magical. I wish I would have known about them years ago. Yeah. So they are, I would say, one of the hottest, newest things on the market right now. They've been around since I think like 2015, 2016, but the technology has improved a lot since then in terms of like, you know, comfort and fit and wear and all of that. Now, menstrual cups, my babies. I love Uh menstrual cups because, well, period panties, I like them because you can just bleed and not really feel weird. Whereas with your menstrual cup, you know, it's a whole different experience. A lot of people are a little nervous about menstrual cups because you're like, that's supposed to go in there. How? (sighs) But I mean, that's how I felt the first time I used a cup. But the cool thing about a cup is one, it's a really a one-time investment for about 10 years. And where it gets placed in your actual body alleviates more 
pain in my opinion than anything else. So when you're imagine putting in like a tampon, it's sitting in the vaginal canal and it's like absorbing and expanding. And so it's applying some more pressure. Whereas the cup where it sits in your pelvis, it's not doing that. It's literally catching the blood. And then when you're ready to take it out, you just pop it on out like throw your blood in the toilet, obviously, and then you pop it back in. Now, everybody has a different process, but I think menstrual cups and period panties are really the way of menstrual hygiene altogether or menstrual health altogether because it's just a lot more eco-friendly, one, a lot more financially friendly, two, and three, simple and uncomplicated. And it doesn't get much better than that, in my opinion. Now, there's a ton of different menstrual cups on the market. Um, I'm going to shout out a website. It's called putacupinit.com. Go on that website, take their quiz and find out which cup will be best for you. Because like, I think Target has like 12 different menstrual cups out right now and everybody's body is literally so different. So kind of taking a quiz and getting familiar with whose cup might work best for you, it's definitely going to be the best bet. I had no idea there were 12 options. That's insane. Oh, there's so much more than just 12. It's just I I go to I frequent Target like most people probably listening to this podcast. <laughs> so wow. I know they have so many. Well, I'll I'll link that, put a cup in it. Um, I'm going to link all the things you mentioned, your courses, the thermometer app, like all the things, because I think people are going to get click happy after this, because first of all, I think you've opened our eyes to so many things, educated us on something we deal with once a month and are such a lack of education. And you're, you're changing the stigma around it. You're celebrating women's health. You're giving us freedom and just education and empowerment around our periods. And I am so thankful to for this conversation and for you and all the things you're doing for women. So, so thankful for you, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here and doing this work. Yes. Okay. Before I let you go, if you could have coffee with your 20 year old self, what would you say? Ooh, oh, <laughs> oof. slow down. I don't know if you've ever heard that song. Um, I think it's by Billy Joel. It's called Vienna Waits for You. And uh-huh. it is, it puts things so much into perspective. I would tell my 20-year-old self, any 20-year-old, slow down. We rush so much of life, especially in that early stage. Um, in our early 20s, I don't know why we're in such a rush in our early 20s. Slow down. Like, literally, slow down. That is all you need to do. Don't get overwhelmed. Um, I would say that. And then the next thing I would say is, I can't just say one thing to my 20-year-old self. She needs to hear a lot of things. (laughs) Um, I would then say, remember that you are not in control, but you are in charge. God is always in control at the end of the day, but you're in charge of you know, how you attack things throughout the day or how you respond to things throughout the day. So you're not in control, but you are in charge. Mm, that's so good. Well, Barry, I cannot thank you enough. I think that this is going to be a top downloaded episode. I'm going to go ahead and shoot the shot and say that this is going to be just so well received with our listeners. And thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your awesomeness. And I can't wait for our listeners to hear this. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I'm over here giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Would you help a sister out and take a screenshot right wherever you're listening and share it on your social? Give me a tag at Katie Bulmer Life so I can give you a big thank you. You sharing it, you leaving your reviews on iTunes is the best possible compliment you can give. 
Hey, let's continue to hang out. We have a private community called Truth for Your 20s over on Facebook. So just go to groups, search Truth for Your 20s and come join the party.